So you've started your new task this weekend. I've finally been set free, everyone. The new me has arrived. I feel like a different woman. (laughs) We have started decorating our front room after weeks of cursing the fact that we couldn't decorate our front room because uh, of lockdown we've realized we should be decorating our front room because it's lockdown it gives us something to do <laughs> it certainly it's a does lovely little project which i started slightly earlier than you anticipated <laughs> i went up for a bit of a nap yesterday having got up with blake and it as it turns out i came back and there was less wallpaper on the dining room wall than there was when i went up I had a little look to see what was behind the wallpaper <laughs> using a knife and it came off far easier. A knife! Far and a knife. <laughs> I know. Our best knives! I know. Um, but yeah, it came off far easier than I anticipated. So then, of course, you want to keep, once you've pulled it, you just keep pulling, don't you? Well. <laughs> if that's what I did. And then I sort of got halfway and then thought, I take the entirety of this strip of wallpaper off. You're going to know. Um, so I'll, I'll just leave it here and put a high chair in front of it. And then I sent a message to my friends saying, look what I've done. <laughs> Do you think you'll be angry? And um, they all said, no, no, it's fine. And actually, you took it really well. I was very pleased, actually, with your very adult response. <laughs> I'm a big believer in it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Well, that's uh, what I did. Yeah. um, And then you ripped the rest of that strip off and that was it. I was off. The entire wall. (laughs) Up the ladders I went. We need to take the lining paper off, don't we? Because we're just going to paint it straight onto the plaster. Yes. We've been learning what primer is this weekend. We've been watching YouTube videos. Because with this useless at DIY... I've gone onto YouTube to find out how you to do, paint You're doing plaster. really well at DIY. You're doing yourself a disservice there. I'm being nice to you on the podcast, by the way. So, you know. That's nice. <laughs> but you have, been, you have been really good. You have done so much already. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of skipping about four steps. Yeah. I've replaced, oh, yeah. replaced the latch on the garden gate. <laughs> and now I'm looking going, could I put plug sockets in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, can I rip out a fireplace? Yeah. I'm going to get a crowbar to rip out the fireplace is what I got the other night. And I was like, really think we might need a professional to help us with that. Well, one day maybe you'll just go up to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm starting the, the slight difference between putting a bit of wallpaper off and ripping out an entire fireplace. But in the grand scheme of things, that, it, it, there isn't, is there? You know? No, it's not gas. It's, it'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, lockdown week Twelve is it now? It, it's week twelve of the podcast, so yeah, it probably so is. Lockdown week twelve is clearly the time where you decide. Yeah, let's just do it. We probably let's should have made a start it. on that jigsaw before we did. Yeah, we've still got that jigsaw. <laughs> we are so old. Yeah. We are so have you heard us? Maybe this shouldn't be put into the podcast. <laughs> should we talk about some telly before we end up doing like nana chat? Yeah, let's. Watching television, watching television. So what have you been watching? I've been watching a documentary about McDonald's, which has just opened up the drive throughs <laughs> So topical. Um, just opened up some of the drive throughs haven't they? And there have been massive queues. 
people yeah. who have been really deprived of their McDonald's. In Hull, they had to say, the bus company had to say, we're not stopping at a bus stop because the queues were taking over the bus that stop. mad. Yeah. That is mad. And then I think in our local newspaper, someone had built a car out of a cardboard box because he didn't have a car and tried to go through the drive-through. Um, and then it made the local local rag, um, which I thought was hilarious and told you about. Everyone's tried that on a drunken night out, haven't they? Apparently they have. You said that to me the other night. Never done it. But then I've never been through a drive through at McDonald's. So, because I don't understand it. I don't understand <laughs> the concept of a drive through And every time you've said to me, we actually, we used to go, we used to go to McDonald's quite a lot on the way back from the hospital. Yeah. Because you're tired, you've spent all day in neonatal intensive care. And driving and then, down the coast road, you saw them golden arches. The golden and... arches, and there would be a, a small, do you remember, there's like a small amount of time where you would say to me, do you fancy a McDonald's? And mm. I would be like, no, 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 we're eating really badly. And there was just this this moment of time where we could change our mind. And once you got past a certain part, couldn't change your mind, that was it. And there were so many times where I just went, right. And I took the, the, the turn off into my I was like, right, we're going, we're going. But very late on. As soon as I felt the car drift to the <laughs> left lane, I knew I'd got you. So yeah, um, yeah, but we never went through the drive-thru because... It confuses me. I don't understand the drive. It's something new. It's a challenge for me, new things. And because I've never done it before, I find it quite scary. Bear in mind, Elaine got a massive grump on with me last week because I wanted to know the process of taking something back to Asda. Can we not talk about the Asda incident? Anyway, it was fine in the end. We had a, we had, yeah. It's difficult now to take things back, isn't it? You know? Yeah, that's why I was looking. That's yes, why I was looking. I just, I just wanted them gone out of the house. I didn't want them sat in the house for any longer. So I just wanted you to take them. Even if they just took them and incinerated them, I didn't care. I just didn't want them in the house anymore. So when you were like, oh, I think you have to put them in a box. And I was like, it doesn't, I don't care. Please take them away. So yes. You that didn't was... vocalise that very well. Though. No, I, well, that's because it's, it's a difficult time, Mark. <laughs> I feel like we need to go to talking TV again because we've just... Uh... <laughs> it's a very stressful time. And, you know, that that pile had been there for such a long time. I mean, I could tell by the fact that when I said, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go to Asda, you ran into the mm. spare room to yeah. get to get this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, McDonald's. McDonald's. It's new Sky documentary channel that's come out. Yes. That's... Sky documentaries. Catching <laughs> up. Funnily enough. Yeah, because everyone loves a documentary these days, don't they? I think Netflix has really reinvigorated the idea of the documentary. Well, you say that, mm-hmm. but there's also Sky Crime, which is true crime documentaries. True crime documentaries, yeah, I know, I know. So, mm. Serial's got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? Yeah, Serial, Making a Murderer. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, and, and obviously there are films now. We spoke about this this afternoon, didn't we? Um, Amy and Senna. Who's the guy who, who did those? Who's the um, director of... I've Amy got and... Rutger Hauer in my head, which isn't. <laughs> he's, he's in um, he's in many other films, but he's not the di- he's not the director. <laughs> Who's the what's his name? Asif Kapadia. That's it. So he's really brought documentary to film now as well. Recently, with um, Oscar nominations for for those films. Yeah, or BAFTA um, nominations. absolutely. Like really. Um, 
culturally significant. Mm. Uh, the really well. I mean, Senna's a brilliant film. I've not seen it. I mean, I've not seen Maradona, even though mm-hmm. I think it's on the Sky Plus box. Oh, is it? Is it yeah. on? All right. Well, maybe we should watch that because I really, I really like Damien. I really like Senna. And like F one, as we've spoken about in the past, is not our thing. No. Um, Amy Winehouse probably more more of more up our street but mm. I thought I would be a bit bored by Senna but I wasn't anyway McDonald's. Not, <laughs> not a podcast about Senna yeah so I'm hugely into documentaries you know I really like real life stuff I like lived experience when I um when I'm at work I love to read narratives it's not just stuff at home I'm not particularly great with fiction mm. um even when I'm reading things I'm not a, a big fan of fiction but I love a um a real life yes. story so when this new documentary came out, I was hearing about it all over the shop. All the podcasts we were listening to were going on about, um, is it Macmillions? I'll get this right. Macmillions. Mac- Macmillions. Yeah. And it was produced by Mark Wahlberg as well. Okay. Marky Mark and his Funky Bunch, as I would know him from the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's the noise that they make on Good Vibrations. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna play it for you now. Go on. Not gonna go on Spotify because no. that'll uh, that'll ruin my algorithm. Cut that out. <laughs> it's like oh, not. <laughs> yeah, he's not going wah like a child. He's going oh. Anyway, McDonald's. so yeah i knew he was the producer i think it had been on hbo to begin with yes and then it came to sky documentaries and people were really raving about it saying it was just this amazing tale so i have watched uh, episodes one and two of mcmillions and i'm not going to watch anymore so that is exactly what i heard when it was reviewed from people in america saying the first episode mm-hmm. is the entire plot, mm. is the best bit, and then after that, it's kind of like, just, yeah. no one's bothered. Yeah, you know, I've thought about this a lot. Mark, I think Tiger King has ruined documentaries. Oh, absolutely. Because when I, I mean, this is, obviously, a, it's a documentary about financial fraud. Yeah. So, you know, it's not exactly the most gripping of, of things, but Tiger King had elements of financial fraud and mm. moving property around and transactions. But this, it just doesn't have anything to grab you. There's one guy who's, a, I think he's a special, a special agent, who is hilarious, who is a real character, you know, character in inverted commas. Mm. He gets to go undercover and because um, this is quite late on in the time period, this is not something from the 70s or the 60s, or, you know, this is sort of, this is 90s and 2000s. They had recording equipment that was really good. Yeah. So you're able to look at the video evidence mm. that they gathered at the time. So you were able to see him being undercover. Before we go on, should we explain what the actual plot is? Yes, yeah. let's do that. <laughs> so as I understand it, and stop me if I'm wrong, yeah. McDonald's every year holds a Monopoly promotion. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, on your fries, you get like three different um, tear-off strips that are stickers or like tokens. And you need to get like a Monopoly so you get Mayfair and Park Lane and you win a million pounds. If you win um, Old Kent Road and Whitechapel, you win like maybe a CD or something like that. And it goes up in between. 
And half the time you pull it off, sometimes you get like a free burger or something like that, which is all I've ever really got. And in America, you could also, you could just walk in because it, it, it couldn't be gambling. So you could walk into a McDonald's and say, I'd like a token, please. And they just were, was able to give you a token. Or it was in People magazine as well. So it wasn't just ah. on... So you could say, for example, yes. I bought this magazine in this shop and I found this token in it. Okay. It's not that you had to be in the... You know, because can you imagine if you were in the McDonald's at the time... And yeah. you pulled this token off the front of your fries packet mm. and you won a million pounds. You're not going to be quiet. Are you going to have won the million pounds and then you've got all the paraphernalia there with you? Yeah. But if, for example, you, you'd said, oh, I bought a magazine and it, this was in it mm. and then you lost the magazine, you know, it, it's, that, yes. it's that sort of thing. Or you didn't really know what was happening. So you took it a few days and you don't know where the magazine is now, but here's the token. So yeah, it's about that particular competition being rigged yes. and it's looking into who was behind that it should be i should i should love this i should absolutely mm. love it it's a um it's looking at why people do things it's got a huge element of obviously dishonesty about it so people lying through their teeth to camera people saying how they found things when you you know that they can't possibly have have done that. Yeah. The added element of the undercover should be fascinating because McDonald's employees were involved as well with the undercover, you know. So of and like I say you've got all this video evidence as well so you're watching them videoing these people saying oh I found it in x y and z. I'm not going to go into yeah. the because yeah. some of yeah. it is just fantastical. But there is nothing to keep me going. I don't really care about the people. In episode two, we left all the people that I kind of was just getting to know. Mm. And it moved into a really basic documentary mm. that has not grasped me. Um, and I'm, I'm disappointed because I found... Well, I'm disappointed because I thought I would learn something that I that I didn't know because I don't know anything about this scandal. I never took part in the Monopoly game myself. Didn't really know anything about it, and it was a real opportunity to learn about something where I couldn't be spoiled. Me and you are very different people. I know, I know. but like I, normally I have a clue what's happened. Even with Tiger King, yeah. Louis Theroux had already done a documentary about the Tiger King. And so I had some background knowledge. With this, I didn't have anything. The only things I found of interest were when, it, in part, as, as part of the documentary, they're able to go into the McDonald's headquarters. They're mm. talking to global marketing managers. As sad as this sounds, that was the bit that I took the most out of, was to be able to look behind the scenes at a multi, multi-billion dollar company and see the workings and see who was working there. And that's just from a, a sort of a company lawyer's perspective. <laughs> but there was nothing else to grab me and I won't be watching anymore. I'd be interested to see if anyone else has watched this and has found more to it. Maybe I'm not giving it a chance. I think this was a big um, sort of viral sensation when it came out, as far as I can tell, in America. Mm. Uh, people watched the first episode and were like, oh, wow, wow, because mm -hmm. you, you could tie it into what you know and what you've seen. But then every single person who I wear went on to say, yeah, but after the first episode, it kind of... Yeah. After you found out about the conspiracy, there was nothing That's really sort of it, isn't it? Oh, the, there was a conspiracy. Okay, mm. there we go. Mm. And like I say, 
the characters from Tiger King who are real, you know, they're real, they're real people. Sort of. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. how can you get over, you know, Carol Baskin? Effing Carol Baskin. Well, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's what I've been watching this week. So, Sam, not, not really a recommendation, I'm afraid. Hmm. What about you? You've been watching something to do with space and has it got Steve Carell in so... it? So... Space Force mm-hmm. is very big, very headline Netflix doc- Netflix not Netflix not documentary, Netflix comedy that's come out. I've got your documentary mad. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know anything about this, other oh, than what you've seen of my I've, shoulder? When I walk past you in the morning. So this is um, written and created by Greg Daniels, who was a writer on Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons. Wrote a lot of the iconic episodes of The Simpsons back in the day when The Simpsons was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a is crea- it not good now? The Simpsons? No, no one, no, like, no one watches again, Simpsons. never watch The Simpsons, apart from when you've got it on, but <laughs> apparently it's not good now, is it? Oh, it's not been good for, so I think it's been going sort of 30 years now. It's not been going, not been good for the last 20 years, I think. Okay, sorry, I didn't really, yeah. <laughs> carry on. I'm just a, a little interjection on The Simpsons. So Greg Daniels created King of the Hill. Okay, yeah, yeah, And okay. Parks and Recreation. Okay. And the big thing for me, he was the showrunner on the American version of The Office. Oh, okay. Right. So when he creates a new TV show, mm. I'm going to pay attention. Um, the cast is stellar. Uh, there's Steve Carell, like you mentioned. Uh, it's got Lisa Kudrow, who's obviously got comedy chops from Friends. Um, a guy called Jimmy Yang from Sil- Silicon Valley, who's one of the stars. He was in um, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, right, yeah. Um, we, we like that. Yeah. Uh, Jane Lynch is in it. Um, Patrick Warburton, who you probably don't know, but is that voice of everything you uh, everything where they need a, someone with a deep voice. Oh, he did the tick. He did things like that. Um, he's got what? very ac- the tick. You've never heard of the, the tick. tick. The tick. Oh, the tick. Yeah, he said the tick. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> so he's got a deep voice. Yeah, and he sells some bread. <laughs> oh, don't look at me like that. I don't, I that's don't a, get that. That's a great joke. Warburton. Oh, right, okay. Carry on. <laughs> it's got Ben Schwartz from Middle Ditch and Schwartz, which you still haven't watched and I'm never will. I'm not going to watch no. it, darling. And Fred Willard in Fred Willard. one of his final performances. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, he died recently, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did to the comedy performances. It's got people like John Malkovich in. John Malkovich plays a main role. Uh, Noah Emmerich from... The Walking Dead and the Americans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got a really, oh, no, really stellar ca- uh, cast around it. These people, that's, yeah. that's, like, they're like proper, proper people. Yeah. And it's, so I think probably the first barrier it came up with with me was I had no idea what it was about. I just assumed it was sort of a Star Trek ripoff. And speaking to my friends, who we have an office group because we trade memes about the office with each other, they all thought the same. Um, so we weren't, didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. So in 2018, Donald Trump ordered the uh, Department of Defense to create, as part of the army, a space force. Yes, I remember. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, and this is in a kind of the way 2012 showed how the BBC might treat the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And W1A does W1A. a similar thing. Yeah. This does a similar thing to how Space Force might be created. Right, okay. I've seen three episodes of it. Uh-huh. The pilot is awful. 
it's got a lot of work to do. Like you're setting up all these, like I've just mentioned all them characters. They are all in it. Um, you've got to set up every single character. And I don't think it's unusual for a, for a pilot of a comedy to take a lot of time to do. Episodes two and three do improve, but it's really not very good. First, the first biggest problem is Steve Carell. He's a problem? Oh, yeah. So, you know, like, so he plays the general in charge of Space Force. Okay, Who's right. a little bit out of his depth. Yeah. Um, if you imagine getting a four-year-old to do uh, an impression of a general. Oh, no. That's the voice that he does, <laughs> which being front and centre of a TV show is a problem. Oh, no, never do a voice. Yeah. Can't carry the show like that. John Malkovich, who's obviously a brilliant actor, plays mm. a stupid sidekick. Like, a, yeah. Mm. Lisa Kudrow, who was actually quite entertaining in the pilot, um, not been seen since. There is a time jump that takes place in the uh, pilot, and she has a life event that takes place in between the time jump. I don't know if that's meant to be a mystery or I've missed something because that's never been explained and it's not been mentioned since. And you've watched three episodes? I've watched three episodes, okay. yeah. Out of ten. So Right. Um, so you would think something would yeah. crop back up again? It's not all bad. Fred Willard is, I think, especially considering what's happened to him since, is charming and funny. And every time he comes on screen, he brings a smile to your face. That might be sympathy with obviously, uh, what's gone on since. But it definitely... It's, uh, it's nice to see him and mm. he is Fred Willard is just funny telling bad jokes and that's kind of what he's doing in this there is a couple of characters that I really want to an actress called Tawny Newsom no. I've I'd never heard of her before she's an African American uh, comedian and improv artist um, she plays a pilot who transports Steve Carell in the in, in the pilot, funnily enough. Okay. Um, but then she becomes part of the plot and she forms a bond with Dinah Silvers, who's played Steve Carell's daughter. She's in Booksmart. And they've got quite a nice relationship, the two of them. Um, really enjoy it when I see them on screen. Yeah. Really natural um, chemistry between them and the sort of bounce off each other. No, nowhere near enough of them. What I wanted to do was give it one more, and I probably will give it one more, and I wanted to do it before this so that I could mm. do it, but I just don't care, and I'm not being drawn yeah. to do it. I think the big problem is it looks brilliant. It's brilliantly filmed. The effects are really good. It's quite effects-heavy, and it seems like a comedy that's been made without any constraints, and I think a comedy really needs that to mm. go on. When you listen to a director's commentary on a comedy, and I do this because I'm quite geeky, they will quite often say, yeah, well, we needed to cut all this out and we really hurt us to do it, but I think it makes it a far tighter 22 minutes. With Netflix, I think they just throw money at these things and you can be full, you can be 20 minutes, you can be 25 minutes, you can be 30 minutes, you can be 35 minutes. And there probably is a nice tight 23-minute network comedy in there, but this isn't it. It's flabby and I'm really, really... it's. Hang, it takes a lot for me to quit something by Greg Daniels with, with that good a cast, but I'm hanging by the edges, I really am. It takes a lot for you to quit anything, as we yes. found out last week with the yeah, first team. I finished the first yeah. team. The first team is a better comedy than this. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So, again, not, not a recommendation. Not a recommendation. But what, what did finish this week, and I finished the series, is Rick and Morty. Um, so we joined it. We joined it. I joined it. Halfway through the season, uh, there was a big break for Christmas 
and it's it's been a five episode mini season. From that, I think there were two good episodes. There was one that when I looked back at the um, synopsis, I can't remember it. The it finished on a big lore episode, but in between, I think there is an episode that is in the top three Rick and Morty episodes. And is that the one that you asked me to watch this afternoon? Yes. I'm that quite... would make sense, wouldn't it, yeah. if it was? <laughs> no, oh, it, it, was no. The one, it was the one that I didn't know. Really <laughs> so yeah, um, Mark asked me to watch Eric and Morty this afternoon. So it's called the Vat of, Apis- Vat of Acid episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's probably quite a standalone episode. You knew very... did So before you tell me, <laughs> before you break my heart, we're telling me about the uh, cartoon... Did you feel like out of your depth of knowledge at any point? Of, no, okay. no, I, I, because you gave me a little like catch up beforehand about, and obviously I know the basic idea mm. that it was born out of, it's Marty and Doc, but it's not, you know, it's the, it's yeah. the basic of the, but then it's obviously different characters. So I kind of know, and it's a grandfather grandson relationship in this as well which you had to tell me because i didn't i didn't know that okay and you gave me some some extra information about because mm-hmm. I, I mean i said things like oh is there a jennifer in this and you said no there's a jessica yeah so which has things, never occurred to me before now but yeah, yeah so yeah. things like that mm-hmm. um but yeah apart from that i didn't have a have a clue what i was going into mm-hmm. um and i didn't feel i was out of my depth at no, at no point did i think oh i've missed major relationships here okay so i think this is one of the top three episodes um of rick and morty which okay. obviously a very popular comedy show yes um i think it's clever it's <laughs> the way your eyes are really I'm, I'm having a neutral face this is my neutral face looking at you ne- never going to professional poker love <laughs> um i think it's smart i think it's funny i think um the jokes are really, really well placed and good. Go on, break my heart. What did you think of it? So, first of all, this is clearly not for me, right? <laughs> I've got, I've got disclaimer. Yeah. Is yeah. this is not for me? Yeah. I find it. I'm trying to think of the way of, of describing. It. I was trying to think of it while I was watching it, but it gave me a headache to watch it. It's so. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just so busy. I was going to say busy, yeah. busy. And for someone that... Like, I can't... If there's a noise playing in the background, or if you're... Let's say you're clicking or something like that, or you're tapping your foot, I won't be able to hear anything else in the room unless that noise stops. So that's very much part of my personality, is that I have things like that Mm. that... I'll only be able to hear that one noise in in the corner and I'll get put off by it. Mm. I need lots of calm and I need time for my brain to catch up with my eyes. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, when things are very hectic and frenetic and that's constant and I've got no room to breathe, mm. I find it really quite... It's, an, it's quite painful. Okay. I can't really describe it any other way that it makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable and my brain feels like it's hurting. And so all the way through this, that's that's how I felt. So that's my fir- <laughs> first bit. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to watch ep- these ep- episodes of this if this is the way that this cartoon is, is going because I would find it 
too painful in my brain. This is a typical of a Rick and Morty yeah, I thought uh, it was. episode. Like, this is quite low-key for some of them. Some of them really go into the science of things. And, and that's kind of in the conclusion to the episode. But yeah, you get multiple dimensions. You get multiple characters of... The multiple people of the same character. Even just and... thinking about it now, my I'm blinking <laughs> yeah, quite I fast saw that. because I'm trying to get rid of the headache that's forming in my head. Just thinking about the way that it just was so. I had to keep taking breaks to play with the baby, which you got really annoyed about. I kept looking at him to get my eyes away from the telly. Now, having said all of that, mm. I can completely understand why you love this. Because it is so cine literate. The way that I found my way through it was by trying to recall the films that it references. Yeah. And there were so many, I wouldn't be able to list them. I wouldn't yes. be able to capture them because it was so quick. Mm. I even got a Star Trek The Voyage Home at the end, which is so fleeting. It, you know... Mm. I can't believe just how cine literate this is and how many emotions you go through in just one 26 minute episode. Yeah. And I went from hating a character to feeling great sympathy with them to, you know, being appalled by it just takes you through so much. But again, for me, that is a bit it's a bit much for 20 <laughs> 26 minutes. I can completely understand why you why you love this and I can see what you get from it. And maybe if it didn't have that frenetic pace, mm. maybe if and I, oh, I don't want to sound like an old granny, but like there's something about a gra- <laughs> granddad swearing at his grandchild that I just can't get away with. I just can't. It's just like my old, you know, my old sensibilities. I'll put my slippers on, but I, it just doesn't work for me. I think swearing is funny in certain circumstances. I think it has to be well timed, but when it's effing and jeffing for sort of. But there's no actual effing in this. No, but it just sort of feels like. Yeah, and the beep. Oh, and you know me, beeping, like a big beeping noise. That would do my (laughs) nut in as well. So, yeah, it it just feels unnecessary. (laughs) I think what I'm saying is if it was. (laughs) If it was Doc and Marty, and it was a gentle pace. And there were these little um, references to films in the background. In fact, what I'm saying, Mark, is... You want Back to the Future, the animated series? The animated series. Or just Back to the Future itself, you know, when you've got, like, Jaws 3D in the the background. (laughs) But it's, like, Jaws... I can't remember what film. It was, like, Jaws 12 or something like that in the background. Jaws Jaws 33. 33. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. No, neither do I. Maybe seven. It's really bad that we don't know this because I've watched that film so many times. But yeah, I think that's essentially what I'm saying is, if it was Back to the Future, <laughs> I'd be, I'll be right on with it. Well, there we go. But I can understand why you why you like it. And also, I was quite amused by the fact that I knew the theme tune, because on a morning, this really weird theme tune, this weird, oh, are you show, what are you showing me? What are you showing me? Uh, Back to the Future, the animated me? series. Why are you showing me that now? Because that's exactly what you want. I don't want it now, though, Mark. <laughs> I'm trying to record a podcast. But yeah, you carry on, love, is what I'm saying. Is. You carry on, and I'm really pleased you get so much out of it, and I can see the intricacies and the amount of detail and the amount of work mm. that goes into this particular TV show. I'll tell you what, if you 
so I fully now appreciate why you are saying you, you wouldn't watch this if you got into one of the lore heavy episodes because there is kind of Game of Thrones mythology around this as well okay um, so the final episode of the series answered a couple of questions about whether people what had happened to people previously brought back a lot of the big villains that had been in previous episodes and they probably do one or two episodes of this a season your head might just I think yeah, you'd just be curled just up explode. in a corner yeah because there were yeah. so many payoffs even in this one episode that it just went back to things that had, that had been said right at the beginning throwaway lines that came back and mm. I remember you saying that like an early episode of the of the podcast that mm. that's what it was that sort of draws you to it it's the sort of thing that I think I would absolutely love as well. I, I love reading spoiler things and find it, you know, watching YouTube videos of, oh, did you see that one thing in the episode that no one else spotted mm. and that was a reference to episode seven? And we love stuff like that. But this it, package like this, it just doesn't quite quite work for me. <laughs> I need something restful and peaceful and contemplative, particularly at this part of our lives. If that doesn't sell it to you, listener, nothing will. <laughs> It's all on Netflix. Uh, new series will be on in a few weeks, I think. So, uh, yeah. so on that note, I'm really hoping <laughs> like, that the film we're watching tonight will be restful and contemplative and peaceful. And that's the feeling I get for Before <laughs> Sunrise. So I'm really interested to see if this is what I think it is. Okay. So shall we, um, shall we go and watch this week's... Let's go watch this it. This week's day and night. Mm. All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just going to haunt me the rest of my life. I have no idea what your situation is, but I feel like we have some kind of uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Great. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. We just got into Vienna today, and we're looking for something fun to do. Sprechensie English? Yeah, of course. Because yeah. uh, we speak German for a change. Now I'm going to call my best friend in Paris, who I'm supposed to have lunch with in eight hours. Okay. Okay. Ring, ring. Pick up the phone. Uh, oh, hello. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for lunch today. I'm sorry. I met a guy on the train and I got off with him in Vienna. We're still there. Are you crazy? Probably. He has beautiful blue eyes, nice pink lips, frizzy hair. <laughs> I love it. I like to feel his eyes on me when I look away. He couldn't possibly know why a night like this is so important to my life right now. But it is. Since we're never going to see each other again, I don't think we should sleep together. Let's see each other again. I don't want you to break our vow. Just so you can get laid. <laughs> Lucky we don't bite off the head after mating. Certain insects do that, you know, like spiders and stuff. Mm -hmm. We at least let you live. So we've just finished watching. That's very quite serious, isn't it? So we've just finished watching. Be before sunrise. Well done. I get them mixed up, so yeah. I want to say like beyond sunset or before <laughs> sunset or beyond sun, but it's before sunrise. Yes. Which makes sense, given mm. what happens in the film. So spoilers for, I still can't get it right, before sunrise. Spoilers for, feel, feel, no, no, I'm not getting it right. Please take over. So 
Okay, so spoilers for Before Sunrise. Thank you. Um, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about on here. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a lot that we can spoil. Yeah, but yeah, I feel more comfortable putting yes. that out there into the world, just yeah. in case someone... Because I, I remember I knew nothing about this film. Oh, okay. So if there's anyone out there like that want to warn them now <laughs> go and watch it before we take you through elements of the film that might come as a surprise okay that sound all right that sounds all right yeah okay. yeah so i knew that it was ethan hawk and julie delphi although if you'd asked me that about a month ago i probably i might not have been able to conjure up julie delphi's name yes. and i might have said oh that fella that was married to uma thurman once that yeah, might, yeah, that might course, have been yeah. where i where i got to yeah. and whose daughter is in stranger things which is now now how i remember it who's his daughter his daughter's the girl that works in the ice cream parlor oh okay yeah with steve yes who's my my special <laughs> special character from stranger things like my hero character um, yeah, anyway, back to before, sun- yeah, before sunrise. Yeah. So it's Ethan Hawke and Junie Duffy. And I had a feeling that it was a bit of a two-hander. Yeah. And I think I said on last week's podcast, I had a feeling that it was about a, some people who bumped into each other. And because I know this is a, I know this is a trilogy. Yes. That I suspected that you would see elements of their life every time like another film came came along. And I think I, I might have even compared it... I did. I compared it to, like, normal people where you see snapshots of a relationship. Yeah. And this is clearly a one-night snapshot of... A, this is the how do you meet This is Into part. the Night. Mm-hmm. Um, two people meet and we see their relationship. Not in real time, but... Mm. Um, but it, it feels... It does feel... Yeah. Even though... Obviously, it's hours and hours and hours, but you do feel there is a sense of length and a sense of time. and Uses very long shots. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Julie Delphi's got a lot more to do in this than she did in Absolutely. Three Musketeers. In three, three Musketeers, she just was on a horse. Yeah. And that was it. She turned around on a horse. <laughs> and that this is, like, the same time, isn't it? So this is two years after. Do you, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah, let's not go back to the Three Musketeers. <laughs> Yeah, so she she has a lot more to. I mean, they're in every they're every in shot, every shot, aren't yeah, they? The, every scene. The camera follows them at every at every single mm. moment of this. There's no, there um, are other characters. There's no other named characters. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at you commented on how quickly the credits went past because yeah. the only people in this are people on bridge, poet, yeah. barman, fortune teller, fortune teller, belly dancer, favorite. yeah. Belly dancing's a lost art, isn't it? Oh, I love it. You don't I see mean, belly dancing at all. Did you see the way, I, like, a body, like, went in on itself and, like, out and... <laughs> yeah, I, I was mesmerised. I would have given her some money in a little, you know, the bit that you have at the front where you, like, some shillings. the shillings. Yeah, I would have given her some money for that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so you see them separately on a train and I think it's obviously... Context is everything, isn't it? But at the moment because we haven't been outside for a long time mm. or I've been outside to go to the shop and back again yeah. which is not a it's very stressful experience going supermarket shopping these days I mean yeah. it used to be a really nice thing you'd wander around the shop you'd go up and down now you can't even go up and down an aisle you've just got to follow the arrows but anyway 
being on a train, like when this kid, when the first scene came on and you're chugging along on a train mm. and you've got, um, it's your perspective as well. So you're, you are looking down the train as the trainer. Mm. Oh, I was like taking a deep breath in and the rolling hills was going by and yeah. it's proper old school train as well with like those sliding doors. Yeah. Loved it. And then the, um, What's it called? The lounge car? The lounge car, yeah. Like the buffet car, as we call it. Yeah, with those little little lamps. Little lamps. Yeah. And a man that comes and gives you a menu. I know. I just... And he was in a little... Was he in a little little bow tie? I imagine he was. I think he was wearing, like, a train guard's uniform. A uniform, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I loved all of that. I loved the scene setting, and I Mm. loved the the feeling of the 90s as well, in that the, the very lacking security they are dressed very 90s for a start they're really dressed ethan hawke's wearing like a roll neck jumper and has got a little like a little artsy goatee without the sides filled in he's also got the most annoying hair which i'm going to call the leonardo dicaprio hair which is where he's got those little bits of hair that are like really greasy like tiny little like drops coming from his forehead that go past his eyebrow and just past his eye and you just want to get it out of his eye like (laughs) slick it back or move it I spent the entire time just going just get the thing out of his eye carry on (laughs) I'm not going to rant about you and yeah so Julie Delphi Celine is wearing like a little strappy dress and she's got a ribbed a little ribbed ribbed top underneath underneath and a ribbed um, stretchy spaghetti strap dress yes. which is brown because yeah. obviously in the 90s everything had to be a bit cream a bit brown mm. um, which she overlayers and then a pair of like flats yeah amazing and like a checkered top that she ties around her waist like almost like a lumberjack type checkered checkered jacket isn't that his top. shirt oh is it right I, I think so. wondered where that had come from yeah. yeah and they've got like big slouchy bags like yes. you have in the 90s as well. mm. it is very yeah it's very 90s isn't it even when they're walking around other places later on Mm. i was really struck by the lack of any sort of security the lack of any idea that anything bad might happen yeah yeah i mean he gives her a warning like if i'm a creep uh you can just get hop on a train and leave me just go on a train yeah, probably best not to do that now. But also, like, you wouldn't be able to get to the train because there's all barriers up and you can't get through the barriers. Or if you get try and get through the barriers, someone comes mm. and arrests you. Do you know what I mean? And, like, you can't even get on a train now right at the last minute. Yeah. You've got to get on the train five minutes before and then they shut the doors. Oh, right. So let's... For my first point I'm going to make is... Mm. The biggest, there's two points of real big stress that I have in this film. And the okay. first one is when they're sat on the train mm-hmm. and, so let's go through the plot. Yeah, yeah. They meet on a train. Yep. Uh, they um, meet randomly. They struggle a conversation. They get something to eat. Um, Ethan Hawke is going to leave in Vienna, whereas um, Yeah, Celine, he's going to go home yeah, to America. Yeah, he's got a flight to catch in mm. Vienna, so he's getting off the train there. Celine has to um, go on to... She lives in Paris. She lives in Paris and is going on the train to Paris mm-hmm. and they make such a connection in this sort of hour before they meet, mm-hmm. well, the hour as they meet, that he persuades her to get off and spend the evening with him just walking around because his flight isn't till the morning. Yeah. Therefore, before sunrise. Yeah, in Vienna. In Vienna. Beautiful yeah. Vienna. Yes. Very pretty. Yes. The biggest stress for me mm-hmm. is when he's trying to persuade her to leave and I'm like, uh-huh. the train's about to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the entire Why time. Why are you still sat on the train? You, you could, yeah. You should have had this conversation five minutes ago and mm-hmm. then being British, mm-hmm. I want them to be ready by mm-hmm. the door mm-hmm. as it's opening with my finger totally. over the button like, to open it. They haven't got the bags. No. Showing showing everyone behind, look, I've got this in hand. Yeah. 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 And then it's the second point of stress 
when at the end he's like standing there waiting for it to get on the train no. and the train's about to pull off no because that was the same but i'm like why aren't you on the train the train's gonna leave <laughs> the, the doors are gonna close and you're not gonna be able to get up just get on the train no i can live with that because you get like beeps to let you know when you need to get on the I'm train not sure you might in this circumstance anyway but what's your se- second... second bit of stress is ethan hawk is the worst pinball player i've ever seen i thought he did really well he's pressing both buttons at the same time no one does that but he's also giving a very long monologue. <laughs> and I was thinking, because they go, they go to a bar. I mean, they go to lots of places yeah. throughout the whole of the night. He goes to all these, these sort of clubs and a boat. And mm. they sit outside and then they're at a cafe. And sorts of these little, almost little um, picturesque moments yes. of places, which later on in the film, they allude back to because the film takes you back to those places and there's no one there. Yeah. And it's sort of very arty and quite quite sad mm. to show you the places they have been and what happened in those those moments. And then they go to this bar and they're playing pinball. This I think it's like the first time I see them like have a beer, which yeah. like if it was now, they would have had a beer the first time they got off like as soon as they got off the train. Do you want to go to the pub? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Just met you. Let's go and have a drink and find out a bit more about each other. But instead they like walk around looking for museums. Really odd. Mm, um, they have a coffee. Yeah, I mean, this is Starbucks isn't even a big thing about this point. So the uh, other thing as well, the, the bit that I was getting stressed out about was when are they eating? When are they eating? I mean, hours have gone by. So they're on then, the train. Yeah, but come on, there's you. You can't just go. I mean, they're walking and walking and walking, and like hours are going by. It's and a like, shame this is pre-Fitbit, isn't it? They'd get loads <laughs> of steps. So many They'd steps. be top of the leaderboard. But still, you need to have something to eat. And when you see them at a cafe, they're just having a coffee. Why aren't you having, like, come on, get a bag of crisps, open it up with your teeth and split it and, you know, share a bag of crisps like you do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your moment of stress. My um, my moment of stress in this, because I always think bad things are going to happen, Yeah, is a part where, after, it's after the belly dancer, actually. Mm. After the belly dancer, there's a group of young men that sort of have a bit of a sniggery sort of, oh, look at that, oh, look, you know, yeah. and they're looking behind them. And then Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi go wandering off, as they do throughout the whole of this film, down yeah. little corridors where there's no one around. And the entire time I'm thinking, those blows are going to come down that Good. corridor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like absolutely hypervigilant for them the entire time. Yeah. Like I'm always thinking, someone's going to come around the corner with a knife. Yeah. Someone's going to come around the corner and be playful with them and mm. funny with them and then it's going to turn yeah. and they do meet like there's a cast of characters isn't there, that they meet yes and there's a guy by the river who says he's look he looks like he's probably a bit out of it on drugs mm. and he says you know rather than um me ask for money i'll write a poem yeah and the entire time i think oh yeah this is gonna be really funny and he's gonna come over and give you the poem and then he's gonna it's just all gonna turn <laughs> on a sixpence and you're going to be, it's pitch black in the middle of the night by this canal or river or whatever. Mm. And this guy, and there's probably other people going to come out from the bushes. That's the way my mind works. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I was worried for them throughout the entire event. It's not that sort of film. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I know. Or my other thing was, wouldn't it be funny if he turned out to be a wrong and You know, like that, I think that would have more sway for me is that, you know, is he a wrong and or is he not? Well, I mean, there is... There is that thing of you don't know if what they're saying is true. Mm, you don't know mm-hmm. if the descriptions, because they have just met, they make a decision that they're probably not going to see each other again. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, they can be whoever they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. 
And, you know, there is a point early on where they are asking each other questions and someone says, well, if you ask me that question, I'd just lie to you. Just lie. And I'd make a nice nice story. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that, that those are sort mm-hmm. of questions that you should be asking yourself, mm-hmm. Um. I think. So, go on, what did you think? Because I think this is... I think you need to be in a certain mood to watch this film. Agreed. And, and um, we are constantly tired. Yes. Which I don't. You know, I was yawning a lot, and mm. I did feel for you because I was thinking, I'm not yawning because I'm bored. I'm just, yeah. I'm just very tired. Mm. But I don't think it's the timing. I don't mm. think it's the mood. I think it's the age. Yeah. I thought about this a lot. I was like, why am I not connecting with this in the way that I should? Because this should take a million boxes for mm. me. But it's, and I really, really sat and I really like digested it and I took little scenes apart while I was watching them and, oh God, that makes me sound really arty and and weird, but do do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, and I sat and analysed the scene, but I did, I was trying to think, what is it about it which isn't quite working for me? And I think it boils down to the very simple fact that I'm not 23 anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw this when I was mid-twenties. Mm. Um, and I th- Ian, Ethan Hawke was everything I wanted to be in this film. He's got, he's got, he's got a little um, string, black stringy <laughs> necklace as well. Did yeah. you want that? I wanted to. I mean, I was nowhere near cool enough to pull that off. I was someone who watched wrestling. <laughs> this didn't and, have uh... stupid hair. Oh, Mark, I know, not the stupid hair. Right. But yeah, I wanted to be the sort of person who travelled around mm. Europe by themselves. Yeah. and still, In many ways, I still I would love to just... You go for two yeah. two weeks and travel around yeah. Europe yeah. and meet people yeah. and drink coffee and yes. chat to Julie Delphi exactly. and things like that. Yeah. There is, since I've been researching this film, there is quite a sticking point for me that mm-hmm. I'm really annoyed about. Mm-hmm. Last year, I went from Budapest to Vienna yeah, on a train for a day trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it, all the time I was there, it never occurred to me that I was living before sunrise. Wow. Oh, no. I feel for you. I really feel for you because it's the sort of thing where you want to be on that train thinking, this is where Ethan Hawke was. This and is I, where Julie I did Delphi. meet Julie Delphi. I oh, went on an open top bus tour where the English translation was uh, <laughs> was broken. So I had to listen to the kids version. <laughs> Probably best for you. I had Wiener Schnitzel. Don't worry, I did eat. Yeah. Uh, and then we would found a craft ale pub and then we drank that until our train home there we go and we went back to budapest Be- better than before sunrise was it? In many ways. was it you had loads of food you had some craft ale and you listened to some commentary i'd be in paris if i met julie yeah, delphi yeah, i'll tell you yeah, that i know you wouldn't be you wouldn't be letting her get on that train by uh, by herself would you um but yeah mm, well would you i find that really quite annoying and Again, I don't know if it's an age thing in that when I was in my 20s, there's no way I'd be coming out with all that pseudo-intellectual stuff. And maybe I am... Je- I mean, you know, you've got to look yeah. at it like objectively. Maybe I'm jealous that her, she in her 20s seems to be incredibly intelligent, incredibly um, in touch with her own feelings and her own and herself and um, very self-critical, very self-analytical... Uh, but living a completely different life to anyone I've ever met. And it's so far away from my experience of life. She has turned down Manic, Pix- Manic Pixie's that, dream girl. Oh, I'm so pleased you said that because I didn't know whether I was just just not liking her. No, no, no. Um, she's, always, she's a bit wacky and a bit ethereal and mm. she's she's the dream of 
this French girl and and I think that that's that's the point mm. so okay so what did you think of the performances well <laughs> again like I, I can see why because I suspect this has been praised I've not read any reviews of it but I suspect this has been really praised for it's a two-hander it's quite theatrical you could imagine this being put on in a theater Yes. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't been already. And they're on screen all the time, so they've got a lot of work to do. Mm. My issue, I think the script just didn't quite work for me in places. It felt a bit too placed, what they were saying. The authenticity at times, not all the time, the authenticity wasn't there for me. It kind of felt like what I suspect... Richard Linklater, the director, thinks that people at that point in time from those places would say. But Richard, Link- Richard Linklater was that person in time at the time. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe I just he was never mid-20s. met these people. Yeah, I think I think I've seen these people. I think I know these people who sit there and I don't think they're too far off. Um, God, this is going to sound judgmental. Do you remember that time we were on the metro? Mm-hmm. And there was, it must have been like just as students were arriving. Uh-huh. And there was a bunch of students on the metro going to the coast for the first is time. It, are you going to talk about the man with his surfboard? Yes. So <laughs> there was there was these students who clearly just met each other. Yeah. And then there was, they were all talking about like where they've been in life and what. And there was one guy who wanted to be interesting and had a surfboard with him. Huge. And on the metro. So I couldn't sit with his friends because mm. he had to stand by the doors with a with a surfboard. Yeah. But wanted to yeah. I think if if he instead of being a surfer, read like um read intellectual way. books, yeah, mm-hmm. he would be Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he would. He You're want, right. And I think that Ethan Hawke is written to be a pseudo-intellectual 20-year-old. Mm. Um so, so interestingly. Um, so it was written by Linklater, and when he realised how much Celine would have in there, he brought in a female friend to write to, to write Celine's parts because he didn't okay. wasn't sure that he could write a female okay. voice. Interesting. Um, they gave the script to Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi, and they added their own spin on it. Um, I felt that there were certain points that there was a little, not a huge amount. Yeah. But a little bit of improvisation. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's improvisation, but they. It it clearly was at one point. Mm-hmm, if you see what mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the, it, it's a well written. It's a written script, mm-hmm. but it's it, the leads are adding their part to it. And that, that's how I felt. I, I'm going to jump on your word. Mm. It it felt very written. Yes, that's the only thing I felt. It felt at times I kind of thought, oh, now they're in a cemetery yeah. talking about a 13 year old that had died and she was 13 and now she's 23 and now and the 13 was still 13 and then later on he's talking about um wh Auden and um dylan and that's yeah I, mean, I wouldn't have any truck with that i'd be you know what i've you literally I, took yeah. me to a, to a cemetery we went to edinburgh the last time but I'm not standing there next to someone's grave going, I was here. No, we went and looked at people who, named, who were named after, who Harry Potter characters were named after. It was, it was, a, it was a Harry Potter, yeah. It was where <laughs> J.K. Rowling was meant to have um, found the names of 
various characters for it was to film connection come on <laughs> it's not me standing there giving you like a lyrical tale mm. but anyway yeah um yeah uh, yeah i wasn't also i'm sorry i'm being really negative about this but i also wasn't entirely convinced with the chemistry that's interesting mm, and i don't know whether it's because i don't particularly like them as people i don't think they're terrible people or anything like that i just I would find them really hard work. If I was sat with them in the pub or or having coffee outside a restaurant, I would be getting my phone out and thinking, let's go to that graveyard and see all the Harry Potter people. <laughs> you know? Do you know what and I mean? leave them there. Push them in the Danube. So yeah, they're just not my kind of people. Okay, okay. You're quite right, it is lauded it's in the imdb top 250 mm-hmm. uh it won the silver bear at the berlin film festival mm-hmm. it has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes yeah casablanca has 99 percent. so yeah that's oh, well, casablanca's amazing and but the biggest thing it was a nominee for the mtv movie awards best kiss on the I'm gonna just I'm gonna be the one person that comes along and goes it's like one percent has been knocked off Rotten Tomatoes because Gregerson's come in and gone didn't like that kiss like oh okay okay mm. yeah it's not a, I mean it's not a terrible film by any stretch of the imagination I'm not saying it's a bad film I'm just not convinced that they are people who I want to spend any more time with okay that's I think where i come from with this but context is everything if Mm. i was in my 20s again Mm. maybe this would have really spoken to me because it is it's like where are we going from here we've got this moment in time we can be who we want to be we've got no responsibility um you know you can travel on a train for you know you you don't even it doesn't even matter if you get off the train on a different stop yeah that makes me feel very stressed the fact that you're getting off on a stop that you didn't actually intend to (laughs) and you've only got your bag you know where are you gonna how are you gonna have a wash which loo are you gonna go to you know all of these sorts of things are really important to me now but i'm like 39 so Hmm. it's i mean a completely different point in my life where i can't just go and jump on a train round Vienna with the random man. Okay. You know, so I think that's the context. Mm. What do you know about the sequels? Because it's sort of caught up. It leaves it with it leaves it with them get she goes off on the train to Paris. Mm-hmm. He goes off on a bus to the airport and they agree that in 6 months they will meet each other back in Vienna. So my feeling is that the latest of the trilogy, the third of the trilogy came mm. out not that long ago. And I had, I've, like by osmosis, you, you read about stuff, don't you? But you don't mm. really care. But by osmosis, my brain is telling me that they were having trouble in their relationship. So mm. I'm anticipating that they have met and they have started a relationship or they've had some kind of relationship in the past and actually now... I've got a feeling they've got kids as well, but I might be thinking of a completely different film. Okay. Anyway, that's sort of where I see it go, and and I think they're going to break up, or so they're trying to decide whether to break up in the final film. So the films, each one takes place nine years apart. Okay, so they didn't meet up. So, I'm you, not going to say. I'm not going to say that. I'm not okay. going to say that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a slice of life, mm-hmm. and we visit them in nine years' time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's set in real time, so it was released nine years later. Yes. And then 
um, before midnight Mm -hmm. is again nine years later Mm -hmm. uh, in I think it was 2013 yeah 2004 2013 obviously Richard Linklater kind of stole this idea again Mm. when he made Boyhood I was just about to say that it's Mm. it's it's a similar concept, isn't Starring it? Starring Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who maybe, is... And that's why I was thinking, maybe I'm getting it confused. Mm. Maybe I'm mixing the two up. Ethan Hawke is apparently Linklater's muse. Okay, fair enough. Which is a bit of a weird thing to declare, I don't but... I know very much Linklater. What else did he do? Uh, so he did... Um, he did Fast Food Nation. He's quite eclectic. So let, let me just open up his IMDb. Because he did, like, School of Rock, which is obviously did very he? different... Oh. Yeah, that. that is really different. Like totally, completely different. It's almost like a kids' film, isn't it? I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I need to actually double check. They did do School of Rock. Yeah, that's very yeah. Uh, so yeah, School of Rock, uh, Suburbia, Days and Confused with his big breakthrough film. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. this was the film he did after that. Yeah, and didn't he do a sequel or like a follow up to Days and Confused that came out recently as well? Yep, yeah, everybody wants some. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Did um, Bad News Bears, mm-hmm. which um, about a little league team, okay. so essentially a, a kind of kids' version of a league of their own, I guess, or oh, something like that. Great film. Yeah, I said that it was, it was the only sports film I knew that you'd seen. Uh, <laughs> Fast Food Nation, uh, Me and Orson Wells, uh, Bernie, the film with Jack Black. It's seen none quite... of these. Like they're not films that I've ever seen, or well, apart from School of Rock, but or mm. I've ever been drawn to watching. So yeah, he, I mean, he's very eclectic, mm-hmm. um, and spends a lot of time with his with his characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll often revisit them. It, I mean, it's not a new concept. I think like Truffaut was doing that with like the Antoine and L series. I'm just putting that into that sound vaguely art house thing. You'll cut that out as well, won't you? No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm letting you go. I've seen the 44 blows, you know. It's, uh, it's... I don't know what you're going on about now. Good, okay. That's that's fine. <laughs> Just wait, wait, wait for two weeks' time when we're watching the 44 <laughs> blows and uh, we'll see what you think of that. God. So, would you be interested in revisiting these characters in the 30s? I think I would, from the from the perspective of maybe I would get on with them better mm. when they were closer to our age. I think, I think you're right. I think you're I right. I think they would be more... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Mature? No. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that as well. But um, there would be more of a connection. There would be more similarities. Okay. It's not the word that I'm looking for, but I can't think of the word. And so the, the sequels don't take the path that you think they right. will take. Okay. Um, it's not just, yeah, I will, I'll leave okay. it at that. But yeah, okay. I really like the connection. I, I, I Yeah, I love this trilogy. I think it's the best trilogy of all time. What? Yeah. What? Name a better trilogy. Well, I'm not even going to get into this because you're going to say Back to the Future. Yeah, I'm also going to say Godfather. I've never seen the third Godfather. I know you haven't. I'm, you know, I'm going to say Jurassic Park. That's um, not even though it's not. Even... Come on. I'm going to say Star Wars. Um, and I know there are all the. Don't start on all the the caveats to that because I know that many there are there are tens of twenties of. Trilogies that are better than I've never seen these films. So yeah, okay, I'm now making grand statements like you, yeah. but yeah, I can think of a lot of films that I've enjoyed more. And yes, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I know I'm I'm not mean to be negative. I know you. It's really important to you, so I'm not like laughing at it. I just I feel 
if we'd had this conversation 20 years ago, it would be it would be more meaningful to us. Mm. Now things are different. Yeah, okay. And I think I think the second and third film increase my appreciation for the first one. Okay. Which right. obviously doesn't necessarily help you in this situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um yeah, I can see, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that, I think I can understand your point of view. Okay. How many stars? I'm gonna give it. You're gonna hate. Please don't hate me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? I'm. I'm. I'm scared of saying that because I don't. Not like because I'm scared of your reaction or anything. But I just. I don't want you to be upset or hurt by my reaction to the film. I mean, tell you saying it's. I mean, you gave Inside Out <laughs> four stars. So. Oh yeah. I did, didn't I? Have I given anything five stars yet? No, not at all. Oh, yeah, Knives Out. Yes. Although technically yeah. that was your choice. Uh... Yeah, okay. Right, yeah, that, well, that, yeah, that is my level of... So Knives Out would be at the top, then Inside Out, then um, then this. So if I was putting them in on order, that's the order I would put them in. So, yay, my, my scoring works. <laughs> it's a five-star film for me, so... Uh, yes, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, you know, Jaws 3D is like a... Four and a half star film for me. So you're saying that Jaws 3D is better than this? In some ways. In some ways. Let's move on. Yes. Otherwise we might be getting onto different trains and going (laughs) off into the night never to see each other again. Um, I need to think of a film for date night next week and I'm torn between two. I'm absolutely torn. I really can't decide. And I know, obviously, the weeks will come round again and I'll get to put the other one in. But I just... There's there's something in my row I just cannot make a decision. Do you want to flip a coin for it? Yeah, go on. Okay, so you need to assign these two things to... Yes, I know that, Mark. Okay. That's what I'm doing now. Okay. Okay. Do you hang want on, to... hang on. I'm doing it now in my head. <laughs> so, is, is heads and is tails. Right, okay. Okay, Google. Flip a coin. Oh god, I'd hate me if I was listening to this podcast. You got heads. This is amazing. It's not amazing. <laughs> I'm saying that it's not amazing at all. But um, you've already mentioned the film that we're going to watch next week. We're going to watch Godfather Three. Godfather Three. Godfather Part Three. Yeah. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I've I've known this is coming for a while. Yeah, it's on one of my because you know how we talk about the threes. Yeah. I've got lots of films that are the third in the. Some of them are trilogies, but you know, third in the in the scene. I, mean, I think sequel. technically you mentioned it, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Godfather Part Three. So you've you've got decent knowledge of Godfather Part One, Part Two, haven't you? I've seen Godfather Part One twice. Okay. Uh, I saw it quite early on, like into my film watching thing. So mm-hmm. about the same mm-hmm. time, probably I started watching mm-hmm. uh, before Sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I rewatched it with um, with the film club that we met at. Ah. I went round to one guy's house and we watched it, and it was very awkward. And he <laughs> gave a sludge in, and then I missed the last metro home, so I had to get an. Uh... It's it ended very differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get. I had to walk back from uh, from Gosford. Well, I'll not give you sludge in next weekend. Mm. The second one I've seen once. Wow, I think that's one of my most watched films. Oh, it's very long. Yeah, love it. So yeah, so I've seen Godfather Part One twice. I much prefer it to Godfather Part Two. Mm, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know 
I'm shocked at that because sometimes my mind changes. I think in the first one you see the growth of you of see Al. the you see the journey of Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In yeah. three, uh, sorry, in two, he becomes. He's he's long way along yeah, already. He's kind of already. Yeah, there, isn't he? and yeah. it's really like that that ultimate. Mm. Although he takes further steps in Godfather Part Two, it's almost it's like he be, he becomes even more what he what he was. Why does what we did over the weekend? What, what, what did we do over the weekend? Finished off the Freddos. <laughs> that is a terrible joke. That is a terrible joke. Why did you laugh then? I don't know. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> recording so that it doesn't get any worse right um thanks everyone for listening to a slightly weird ending to the to the <laughs> podcast today uh, but yeah thanks everyone for listening hope you enjoyed before sunrise yeah before so i have to say it really slowly to myself before sunrise as much as as mark did <laughs> but not as much as <laughs> have you enjoyed it more than elaine did yeah, yeah i mean it depends where you're on your life so yeah Thanks everyone for listening. Really do appreciate it, um, and thanks for all your lovely comments and messages that we've been we've been getting. It's meant a lot to us, and we'll see you next week. And apologies for a day late. Yeah, sorry we're a day late. Bye bye. Bye. Before you go, just thought we'd mention that you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the honeymoon pod or twitter.com forward slash the honeymoon pod. From there, you should find all the links you need to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yay, or your favourite podcatcher. See you next week. <laughs>